Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast episode 99. Oh, 99. The great one. Uh, February 9th, 2019. You and mean, You mean 2020? Damn. I have 2019 <laughs> in my notes, but you you're do. right. It is 2020. I'm sorry about that, folks. Yeah. I got an on this date in history. My notes are different than yours because I didn't want you to see this. I wanted to read this really? to you. So on this date in history, 1945. Okay. World War II. The Battle of the Atlantic. Okay. The HMS Venturer, a V-series British submarine, sinks the German U-864 off the coast of Norway in a rare instance of submarine-to-submarine combat. Dang. I just want to throw that out there. I love it that it's a submarine fact. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> as soon as I seen that, I was like, I got to throw it in there. That's amazing. So straight off the top, I'm going to make an admission. Last night, I went to a work party, and we rented the UFC pay-per-view. So we went early, we played ping pong, we did a bunch of stupid stuff, and then we stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching that UFC pay-per-view. So I didn't actually see a whole lot of hockey yesterday, so today was spent researching (laughs) and watching highlights and stuff like that, so we'll see how this goes, but I am in free admission that I wanted to see John Jones lose last night, and he did not. We put money on him losing. Really? Hoping to be the underdog, because there was big money if he lost. Wow. So we bet on, there was um, a Russian lady who defended her championship before that fight, and it was like mega odds for her to keep winning. So we didn't bet against her. We took her. And then we picked John Jones to lose. And for every $10 we bet, we would have got 94 back. No way. So we put $20 down on the fight. And it actually went the distance. And it, and it was close enough that it could have been. But because he's the defending champ, you, you got to beat a champ. You can't just beat him by points. Yeah, you got yeah. to beat a champ. So wow. John Jones won. But that's, it was close. So it was fun. That's pretty intense, though. So, uh, glad you had a good night. Yeah. I actually didn't watch much hockey, to be honest. I was busy doing other things. I'm um, working on some some actual real life work, my normal job yeah. work on a Saturday, which uh, yeah is not ideal, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It pays the bills. Yeah, my name's Neil. I'm here with Jason, by the way. Oh yeah, we never said that. <laughs> so um, right off the top, Neil and I spent some time this week trying to enhance our set, which we've been yeah. trying to do for a while. So we had shelves up. If you're on, if you're just going to listen to this, if you're listening to the audio version, if you're on YouTube, you can see. So we had these white shelves put up um, here but beside the jerseys. Um, we had some decorations and memorabilia and little statues. and Yeah, and then we put up those hooks that are holding the jerseys the on hooks, the other side of the, the shelf so you hidden. couldn't see them. Yeah, the hooks were hidden from the bookshelf. So now you can see them. So you can see them clearly. Um, last When was it? Last night or night before? Two night nights before. Ago? Two nights ago, so Friday night, I was upstairs and I heard bang, and I was like, "What was that?" And then I was like, "Oh no, I know what that was." <laughs> and I came down, and one of the shelves was on the floor with a big chunk missing out of the corner, and all yeah. the memorabilia on the floor. And we have a casualty, guys. I have very sad news to report, um, <laughs> and I, I don't remember who sent this in. Someone did send it in, and it's. I think I have about seven bobbleheads in my collection, and it's my favorite bobblehead. I mean, it was. It was on the shelf to be displayed that that's proof that it was it's the patrick marlowe oops that was probably super loud uh the patrick marlowe one and he lost both his legs and a hand and a hand here are his legs and his hand and a piece of his back of his helmet and his head also broke off (laughs) so other than the shelf he took the brunt of it so rest in peace bobblehead patrick marlowe his stick did survive though so i'm not sure if we can use that for something (laughs) i don't know um so yeah, so our set, we were planning on having it all being almost done, and now we're back to kind of halfway there. So we'll yeah. figure it out this week and try to get on it. We, uh, If you notice a black viewer, a video viewer of this podcast, you'll notice a black thing kind of to my right and to Jason's left. That's a shelf, and something's going to go on the shelf for the next podcast, mm-hmm. which will be in three weeks because we want episode 100 to be a little bit special. So we're actually going to take a... A break. We are. From and the there's, podcast. there's more than one reason for that break, too, which we may as well get into now right off the top. Yeah. Just first, I think that regardless if I'm in PEI, because I am going to PEI next weekend, so I will be filming with Brent, a.k.a. The Goat. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do a podcast. We'll probably do Having a Yak or something like that, which will be on the other channel. But we might do a This Week in NHL News or something, yep. video, video mm-hmm. just for YouTube. Okay. So if you're an audio-only listener, you might want to go check out the, uh, the YouTube channel for some hockey news and the following week maybe i'll do the same thing with you and we can just post it as a regular video and then the following weekend 
is the weekend that dad may be coming here and Joey may be coming up for episode 100. And then I'll leave you to the next part. Okay, so this is more your news than my news, though, really. Well, you know, I mean, you're the Neil man, made a decision is basically what it come down to. I well, made, we I had a, a discussion, su- and you said, I'm thinking of doing this. I made a suggestion. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to be changing around the YouTube side of things. Yeah. The audio, if you're an audio listener, no changes. Just keep subscribed or following or however your app works on this podcast, and every Sunday you'll get a new episode. Yeah. This is probably the biggest announcement this channel's ever gotten. Yeah, on YouTube, <laughs> on YouTube, it's a very big change. But I think most people expect it. Yeah, a lot of people have been suggesting it, or why don't you do this, or why don't you just do this? So, I mean, it it's, yeah. it makes sense for you to do it. So I can't monetize on the main channel post to post. I haven't been able to since the channel had 125 subscribers or whatever. So I've literally made zero money off of the main channel. If I equate the views to the amount of money that I could make, I'm just above $40,000 now, I think, that I'm out since I started the channel. That is a significant down payment to a house. That is my student loan being paid off. That is that is an incredible amount of money that I do not have because I have chat. not been able to monetize. So I think it makes sense long-term to stop posting on this channel, post to post. With that said long term i think it makes sense to start a new channel specifically for the podcast so the podcast will have its own youtube channel it's already created the logo is already done Um, you can subscribe to it right now if you want the channel is linked if you go to the main youtube channel or the the more post to post channel if you look at the suggested channels on the side or featured channels it's already linked in there so you can subscribe to it now there won't be any videos posted to it until it'll be near the beginning of March or literally the beginning of March, whenever episode 100, mm-hmm. whenever that Sunday is. Um, but from now on, every post to post podcast will be posted on that channel. And this is the last podcast that will be posted on this channel. Once the end of February happens and that transition happens, there will be no videos in general posted on post to post. The main channel. The main channel. So I will we'll put out a video explaining everything just a standalone video for anyone new that comes to the channel and goes to the recent videos and sees it all other videos will be posted on the second channel which will be renamed from more post to post to something i won't tell you what it is until that time comes but um it with that said if you if you're here for the podcast then you might want to go subscribe to the, the, that that other channel if you're here for mainly, not really the podcast that much, but you like the other videos, go subscribe to the other one. If you like everything we do, which I hope I'm, I hope you're that kind of person, uh, subscribe to both channels. So, yeah, it's a pretty big announcement. But mm-hmm. and what we're gonna do with the podcast, which I think we talked about a little bit, um, every Sunday we're gonna post. I think every Sunday, unless something changes, we're gonna post just like we do now. Yep, the full one hour whatever video. And then we're also going to post sub clips of each topic we talk about. Yeah. So if you're if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, but there's a certain topic in there that you do want to listen to, like maybe we talk 15 minutes about the team that you specifically follow, you can actually click on. Yeah, we'll have highlight the, videos. It's like the highlight of that podcast where we specifically talk about one topic that you might be interested in. Yeah. A lot of other companies do it, and. I figure it doesn't really hurt anything to do it, so. I follow three podcasts, uh, the main one being H3H3. I have not sat down to watch or listen to an H3H3 podcast in probably two years or maybe a year and a half, and I only watch the highlight videos of the stuff that I'm interested in. So I think it's a good good, uh, feature, I guess, to to offer. That said, we encourage you to listen to the whole thing, but it's just for, if you don't have a lot of time or if you just want to get something real quick, yeah, some mm-hmm. people don't have time to sit, sit and listen to yeah. a, an hour-long podcast, mm-hmm. and we realize that, so we just want to offer the ability to enjoy our content uh, both ways. So that's kind of the decision there. So with that said, that podcast channel won't just have a video released every Sunday. It'll probably have that video plus four or five others. Yeah, like sub-clips of the major topics. So almost every day, maybe you might be able to get another clip or another video to watch on that channel. So And, and technically... It's a post-to-post channel, but 
like physically, it's not a postable channel. It's actually under my name. Right. So yeah, Jason's Jason's now the host of the podcast. He's he's going to manage that entire channel. That's his. So in terms of like a Google or YouTube perspective of looking at it, yeah, it's not Neil's third channel or Neil's fourth channel. This right. is we're actually this is created brand new under my exactly. This account. is this is your this is your channel. This yeah. is your so your, even was, though even though it doesn't change anything, it's still our channel. It's yes. just technically from I guess a legal point of view. Yeah, <laughs> like for, and in, financial. In, in terms of, of an ownership point of view, it's my name. Yeah, and you will get all the money from that channel because <sighs> I ain't worried about no money. Now you're doing it, the podcast was your idea originally. See, that's, that's what happened. So, it was let's do a podcast. Let's not make you do any work for it. And then twelve month, twelve weeks later, you ended up <laughs> getting removed from your job because of the downsizing, and you had yeah. to go back to PEI. It's like that's freaking awesome. <laughs> that's okay. But we got it sorted. So out we're now. back. You know, eighty weeks later, or whatever, back mm. back out and. So anyway, that's the main news for, which is pretty big news, really. It's big news. And there'll yeah. be, like you said, Neil will do an actual video on it later that explains everything, but. Yeah, so the second channel isn't going to be called More Post to Post. It's going to be called Post to Post something, and there's going to be any regular hockey con content on there is going to be on there. Geography, trivia, basically anything I want to do. I figured I'd rather have subscribers who will like me or want to watch my content based on who I am or whatever versus someone interested in a specific topic, it's going to take longer. Like if I only posted hockey videos, it's probably going to grow faster if I post just hockey videos and then other random stuff because a lot of people maybe don't like that. But I'd rather have subs that enjoy my content in general. I'll grow slower, but the subs will, I think, me more. Does that make sense? Kind of. And But you also have playlists set up too for like your hockey content. Oh, totally. So, yeah. so I mean, if you just want to follow the hockey content, you just subscribe to the channel and then click on the hockey playlist and then bam, yep. there's all your hockey content right there. Totally. I so. started a playlist in the beginning of both channels, so luckily I hadn't, didn't have to go back and do a bunch of work to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think that's that's good. That's big news out of the way. So just a reminder to recap this whole situation. This will be the last podcast posted on the main YouTube channel. From this point going forward, they're going to be on a new channel, which you can find on the sidebar called Post to Post Podcast that has no videos on it right now. So if you <laughs> click on it and there's no videos, that is the right place. Yeah. First video will be March 1st when we release episode 100 yeah. but we are trying to get to a thousand subscribers so we can monetize so uh the more people who, who go over and subscribe to that channel the better so and 100 subscribers so we can get the custom url yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh just to wrap this up real quickly a couple of videos come up on the second channel this week uh so i'm gonna play some more geoguesser uh gonna start the five things i like about the pacific teams i'm gonna wrap up the central earlier this week and then do the, move on to the Pacific. I'm going to tell a story about the time that I almost, or that I could have died hiking. I got heat exhaustion. Uh, that happened two years ago. So I want to tell that story. I've got some video of it. Are you going to put a picture of you? I've got video of okay, me. Okay, good, because like, those are like intense pictures. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. He's red as a turnip. <laughs> uh, if dad can do the voiceover, I already have the script written for the history of the Los Angeles Kings, which is a series that we started over two years ago stopped after we did the original six and just didn't get around to doing the rest of the teams the 67 expansion teams i have the script done for los angeles i'm just waiting for dad to do the voiceover once he has that i'll put it together and release it this week so if you're an la fan look, uh, look keep an eye out for that video and the eihl has some new jerseys they seem to switch up their jerseys almost every year so i took a look at them i downloaded all the pictures and i've ranked the eihl jerseys so you can expect that on the second channel um this week so and there'll be other videos too i just forget what they are okay that's all i got oh all and right. i'll be in pei next weekend filming videos with dad so if you have any suggestions of what kind of videos dad and i can film next weekend please leave them in the comment section and i will consider them all whether it's trivia whether it's hockey something whether just any suggestions would be awesome and we are going to do a mail time while we're there right on okay that's all i gotta say okay so let's jump into the hockey talk let's do it all right so topic number one we got to get this right off the bat. This is huge. The IOC and the IIHF are willing to address the NHL's concerns for 2022 Olympic participation. Major news. Do you think it's a financial decision on their part? I think China is pushing them. China, you might be right. China wants them you there. You might be right, yeah. And at first it seemed like... Because when they didn't go last time, it's like, well, they're going to go in 2022 because China 
wants them there and they're trying to grow the game in China yeah. right now. The NHL and the China relationship have Like look at the growing. Boston Bruins boards and tell me there's no China relation. There's yeah. three different company ads that you can't read because they're not English. Yeah. And I mean, this is no offense to any of the other winter sports, but in the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, would you say the hockey is the biggest sport? I would say so. It's the one that gains the most revenue. It has to be. Probably. I mean, snowboarding's huge as well. Figure skating's pretty big. Yeah, but I mean, hockey is just, it's on another level, I think. And China doesn't want to ha- be that, I mean, they're only going to get the Winter Olympics probably once every 20 years at best. Would you agree? When's the last time China had the Winter Olympics? <laughs> I, don't I don't know either. So they don't want their Olympics to be dubbed down. No, they're down for, with the hockey. They any, want the hockey. Oh, I know. But They've said they want I think, the hockey. But I think you're, I'm trying, just trying to trying to say i'm right i'm trying to say you're right basically yeah Appreciate that. but now, <laughs> i think they are when sure. i first read this it, i it's not because the ioc are a bunch of dirt bags really donkeys yeah. yeah like i don't think it's them like oh, okay yeah let's bring them we're gonna i think this is china putting pressure yeah totally so um the ioc the ihf uh, they met with nhl and hlpa in new york this week to discuss bringing the players to the olympics um both of the parties i guess i'll call them are willing to address the major concerns which are insurance costs travel costs and they're allowing the nhl to market and promote their players going that's which the biggest is, one for which is everything they wanted yeah so like okay these are the three things you've been claiming complaining about here you go even if they say listen you need you need you need to cover the travel costs and you need to cover the insurance but we'll give you the promotion rights to to you know that's you, the big one for play the highlights the game. i think if they do that Gary Bettman, the, the the owners and everything will be like, okay, don't worry about the insurance costs. We'll cover that. Don't worry about the travel costs. Let's go. See, that's the growing the, ga- the game is the intangibles where you're investing and hoping down the road that pays off. Yeah, so absolutely. You can't, it's not like there's no monetary value on it right now, but down the road, it's all it about the investment. Yep. That's right. So now the league is now saying that they'll only go to the Olympics if they can throw it into CBA negotiations for next year <laughs> yeah. or for the year when it comes up. Which is mind blowing, because the CBA doesn't expire until after those Olympics will be played. I know it doesn't make any sense. So that means that the CBA negotiations would probably have to be pushed ahead and, and be done sooner rather than later. Yeah, because they can do them at any time. So right? they're using the they're complaining about the three main things. Yeah, and then they finally get them and like, oh no, we're gonna keep complaining until we get everything we want. It's which is not fair to the players because the players not. have issues that they want to address. Like the players aren't happy right now with escrow and all that other stuff. Yeah. So this doesn't look good to me. Like the, big, a, the biggest thing is he says it's a disturbance in our season <laughs> and we're not even allowed to promote. Like that's what Gary Batman keeps on saying all the time. We can't even promote the fact that our players are there or use clips mm-hmm. when they do awesome stuff like the golden goal when Crosby scored at home. They got all that now, potentially. But like it's just potentially. Talk, it's a, it's a, before it's a really it was a no, step. it was a wall saying no. And now there's a door there and the door's open saying, okay, let's have a talk. Yeah. But nope, we want, so let me give you the Bill Daly quote, just so everyone sure. can understand. Yeah, yeah. He says, even if the IOC does everything we ask for, I think the only way Olympic participation in 2022 is going to happen is if it's part of a bigger negotiation with the Players Association where we can come back to the board and say we're recommending going to the Olympics and these are the reasons why. Part of it is tied to our labor situation and labor peace for an extended period of time. So basically they're saying, you give us a deal with what we want and you don't strike and we'll give you the Olympics, mm. even though the Olympics are happening while this current CBA is active. It's kind of blackmail. It is brutal. <laughs> it's pretty bold. So the players are stuck in a position where, well, in order for us to go to the Olympics, we're going to have to give something up, which is... They either have to decide what they want for the NHL and their teams or when their salaries and escrow and all that stuff, or they have to decide if they want to go to the Olympics or not. They're going to have to give up something by the sounds of it. Is that right? It's 100% right. Like, There's no... It's always a give and take. It's it's going to be, it's a... If one side wants something, the other side has to give something up. Yeah. It's never just a, a take, unless it's the owner's side, when the 50-50 split came in originally. So, as a fan, or as fans ourselves, like, we're even more useless than the players are, and like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we, there's nothing we can do. Nope. We, it doesn't matter if we put pressure on, through social media or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, for the... I don't know, four years that we've been talking about this or three years of have talking about this, like at least on this channel over the last two years or three years now, I guess I've always made the IOC out to be the bad person in this Yeah, because I can understand the NHL's point of view because it makes sense that if they have to pay the travel, they have to pay the insurance. 
they can't market and they lose two weeks in their season, it makes sense for them not to want to do it. If they from can't, a business side. If they can't market it, they make zero money. Yes. They're literally shutting down their season. And I've always made the argument too, like, we're, they always say, you know, we're losing revenues for two weeks. It's like, well, no, you're not because <laughs> they're still going to play those games. Yeah, the games so are I've still never, I've never bought into the losing money part unless yeah. they just think fans are going to tune out for two weeks and then when they come back, people aren't going to watch, which is not... It's not... That's like, not Your team works, comes back yeah. on, you start watching again. Like, people mm-hmm. are still going to buy tickets. Like, I'm not buying that. Yeah. But anyway... If they end up not going because the players won't sign a CBA deal, this is 100% on the league. Oh, absolutely. And it will make them look really bad. I think. But there's nothing you can do because you're not going to not watch hockey just because the league says the players can't go to the Olympics. The fact that this is going down the way it is right now makes me believe that there's going to be a lockout more than any other time. Oh, I don't think there's going to be a lockout. I think the players just going to be like, this is enough of this crap. Like, enough of this. We're t- sick and tired of this. What if the players say, what if the players go, hey, if you don't let us go to the Olympics, we are going to lock That's it. what I'm saying. Like, I th- I think they're just tired of it. Like, Well, maybe that's pressure for the NHL to let them go. Mm-hmm. Because then... Like, this current CBA is on. Like, let us go. Or when we get back, or when it's, the Olympics are over and we're, yeah. we're ready to start the next season... Uh-uh. Ain't yep. happening. Absolutely, and they want to worry about loss of revenue for two or three weeks of the Olympics. How about an entire year of a lockout situation? How much revenue are you losing then? Look how many players have done their contracts recently with signing bonuses so that they get paid in the event of a lockout. Yeah, like, it, it, like it's I make seven hundred thousand in salary, which you won't make if you're locked out, but I still get my thirteen million in signing yeah. bonuses. <laughs> like they're literally planning for doomsday. Yeah, but you don't blame them. Cover cover their. Butts. But they should never have to be put in that situation. It's ridiculous, but whatever. So the IHF president, uh, Rene Fessel, said that he needs a decision from Gary Bettman by August at the latest. So this summer, I mean, that's we should know one seven way or months another. away. Yep. Six, six and a, seven, six and a half, whatever. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, end of August. Gary Bettman will push it to the end of August. Oh, yeah. And then he'll probably take it beyond that and they'll make a special exception yep. to keep talking. Totally. Yeah, totally. So I don't think this is going to be answered anytime soon by all means, but it is. I think it's more likely than not that they're going to go now. That's my opinion. This is pretty huge news to me. I would have to, I would have to, if I was going to give it a percentage, I'd say 60, 40 that they're going. I would. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. When before I was there, there's no way they're going like they're just not going. I was 100% sold on them not going. But I'm 60-40 on a lockout now. You're 60. See, I'm not sold on the lockout now. I think both sides can use this in a way that can pre- prevent a lockout. I just remember, like, back to Ovechkin saying that he's going to go no matter what and he'll take the suspension and everything. And there's some other players in the NHL threatening the same thing. I think more players will be on board this time. And they're just like, they they would have realized that four years have passed and nothing has changed. This might be Ovechkin's last time to play for his team when he's as good as he is. I'm like, sure he could play another four years, but he's probably not going to be nearly as effective. No, he came into the league. I think he was drafted in the 2004 draft. Yeah, so, so we're talking six years from now will be the second Olympics, or the Olympics after this one. There's yeah. no way he's going to be on this level in six years. No, I don't think so. So, yeah, he's going to want this, and that's still two years away. It's his last opportunity. Yeah, yeah it's still two years away. I mean, I don't know. And think of guys like Brad Marchand, who could have gone last time, who actually came out and were playing well. Like, he played for the World Cup and was on City's yeah. line. Like, and, like, you know, Conor McDavid would have wanted to be out there playing for the Olympics. Like, yep. And even though the NHL players didn't go last time, and it wasn't the same feel of the Olympics, I still had a really good time watching the Olympics. We saw Germany go mm-hmm. to the finals, which yep. is one of the most amazing hockey stories in the past 20 years in, in hockey globally. Because that country is really coming up. Like, look at the, look at the players that they're developing now. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty remarkable. So, in a way, I'm kind of glad it happened because maybe it will force change. But uh, definitely frustrating that we did not get to see the NHL players, and hopefully we do, we do next time. Oh, they. I'm like I know there's a lot of people that don't want the NHL players there. They want oh yeah to be amateur athletes yeah, and I'm okay with that. But if it's Olympics, to me. You send the best of the best, the best of the whether best. they're professional or amateur. Best in the world. That's what the Olympics are all about, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I read something, but I can't find it real quick on my phone, so I'm not going to mention it. Maybe I'll mention it next time. All right. I think I read, like, 
There was a team that beat out Kazakhstan, I believe. Kazakhstan? Is that right? Is that Kazakhstan? Ka- no, maybe it was Kazakhstan. <laughs> I, <laughs> See, just, I shouldn't have said anything. I, know, I think it was like Poland or someone. Okay. And they beat them out. So now they're advancing to the finals of Olympics um, oh, qualification for their hockey club. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have it in my notes and I can't find it real quick while we're talking. So maybe mm. I'll bring that up right. some, next time we talk about it. All right, let's get into this Arizona Coyotes and the illegal fitness tests. This was kind of all over social media this yeah, week. Yeah, this um, it originally started in January 30th. So um, the Coyotes were being investigated for administrating illegal physical tests to young prospects prior to the draft combat combine. Um, they're specifically targeting players in the Canadian Hockey League um, for basically to see how well they are for their upcoming 2020 draft. So making which, them do like like fitness tests yeah like, like you can't running be, a treadmill and you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to test players i didn't know that like you just you can't do that um so the ontario hockey league the western hockey league and quebec quebec major junior hockey leagues all sent out emails to their clubs saying hey if arizona gets a hold of you we want to know yeah and then right after that letter was sent a bunch of teams replied saying yep they reached out wow so um the coyotes have acknowledged the report they say yep we're being investigating for illegally um, conducting pre-draft physical testing on CHL players. We have no says we have been in communication with the NHL and we have no further comment at this time. So how long has this apparently been going on for? I don't know. The news came out on the January thirtieth, so I don't know when the actual testing period has uh, been happening. Is this, has has this been for the last decade? No, I think it's just this year. Okay, it's going to say it hasn't done them much much yeah. good. <laughs> So as of February 8th, which is a couple days ago, um, the Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly and the NHL lawyers are now managing this case. Wow. Um, there's a new report out that says that the team may have committed at least $5 million in recruiting violations. So um, uh, sources have told TSN's Darren Drager that the Coyotes um, have may have up- tested upwards of 20 players illegally. That's so, pretty intense. And each, each violation is a $250,000 <laughs> fine or more. Now listen. The Coyotes are not the most profitable so, organization. I mean, if this was, if, yeah, okay. if not the least, you're, you're 100% right. If this was against Toronto Maple Leafs, whatever. Well, yeah, we're, whatever. We're eating this. This is, it would be more work for us to pick up a penny on the street than it would be to pay this $5 million fine. Absolutely. So, um, Craig Morton of The Athletic, um, he said that basically he explains kind of how things went down a little bit. He said, uh, the team invited prospects to interviews and then they were asked about their eating habits, um, their supplement use and their workout regimens. Um, they are also asked to show up in t-shirt and shorts so that the staff could eyeball the players, even though they didn't take official measurements. So you're not allowed to measure away, but you tell them to come in wearing like t-shirt and shorts so we can look at you and take a guess. That's weird. <laughs> Isn't that- that's like grocery shopping for humans. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bizarre. It's weird. So it's like they were trying to straddle the line yeah. and not go over, but hmm. I don't know. So I, I found a really interesting article about this on CBSSports.com, and I want to read it. Okay. Um, it says, The Coyotes might have believed that they were skating on the edge of the rules, which is what I just said, uh, inviting draft-eligible players for interviews and... Psych- and phys- uh, what? Psychological. Psychological <laughs> testing. Um, what matters most is how the league officials in, or office interprets the rule and whether they decided a violation was made. Mm. And that's the part here that's funny because Gary Bettman has full discretion on how to levy the punishments in situations like this. What? Now, number one, Gary Bettman is personally responsible for basically saving Arizona. Yeah, they took over ownership of the team. They prevented it from being moved. Yep. Um, then finally they had a guy or an ownership group come in and make an investment to keep the team there. Which was huge. So I think Gary Bettman is going to be lenient on this. He's biased. I don't think they're going to get hit. Because if it's at his discretion to determine the fine and this team is already not making money, he's going to be like, okay, slap on the hands. You shouldn't have done that. I, I, but you're also the ownership group that saved this team so that the team did not have to operate them anymore. Gary Bettman is not employed by the owners, but he is their puppet. He represents the owners. How can he find his kind of bosses with $5 million? Because that's his job. But he's not going to do his job because he's biased. But I don't know, because we talked about this. What's it called when players go to a third-party negotiations for the contract? Arbitrator. It should go to an arbitrator, and they should decide. A third party, which has nothing to do but with it. But that's not how it works. The commissioner decides. Well, the commissioner needs to change the rules because he should <laughs> see that But remember when we talked, unfair. um, like, more than a month ago on one of the podcasts, um, 
when they came out with the rules for um, when coaches were like being abusive and stuff like that and the teams were hiding that information. Right. They said for now on, if you do that, right. big fines. Is yeah. That's Gary Bettman saying is Gary Bettman's not gonna find this franchise five million dollars. I could see it. He he can. Yeah, he can. It's Arizona. They're not high in the totem pole. Now, if he tried to have Jeremy Jacobs from Boston pay the five million, Jeremy Jacobs would slap him right across his room. <laughs> because Jer- I believe Jeremy Jacobs has more power. How dare you talk to Gary Bettman? Jer- like that. <laughs> he has more power than Gary Bettman. But other than that, like no, I think the I think Gary Bettman's got enough power and and sway that he will. All because right. the other teams aren't going to like this, and the other owners are going to want punishment. Oh, uh, absolutely! You have so, yes. thirty other owners That's pressuring right. him to. to but it's going to happen. But yeah. it's not going to be five million. I can't see it. I... Five million is a lot of money, but not at the same time. Like that's that's like buying a player out or firing a coach with a couple of years left on his contract. So it's yeah. So Alex Murello is the owner. He's the one who bought it out. And the quote from the article was, "He's helped stabilize a dysfunctional franchise that has been in the wrong end of relocation rumors for years now, meaning he could have earned some of the commissioner's favor." So I think he'll get hit with a fine. I just don't think it'll be anywhere near the five million dollar. I don't even know if it will be public. Depending on when he came in and when this started, he may not be to blame for this. If he came in and it started shortly after that, you could be like, look, this happened right after you joined. What if it just happened this year? What if this is all stuff happening? Yeah, because the the article said it was they were testing people for the 2020 draft. 2020 draft. Okay. So it's, so it's from this year. So he is responsible. I'd let, maybe he's trying to get an edge wherever he can. Maybe. Because you are allowed to invite people. Like you are allowed to invite draft eligible we saw players. That with Jack Eichel. Yeah, you can have interviews with them. You're just yep. not allowed to test them. Mm-hmm. That's what the combines. For. Yeah, they go around and they visit the cities and they talk to each yeah, teams. Like, and, that, and a lot of teams do that. You want to meet who's out there and get to know them a little bit. That's normal. Yeah, but it's not normal to be like, mm, hey, can you lift up your shirt? How many <laughs> is your six packs like this? Uh, yeah. Okay, how much would you say that arm weighs? Have you drank a lot of chocolate milk today? Like, yeah. you're not allowed to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's definitely a little strange. So anyway, um, that's that's still up for. I mean, the lawyers are dealing with it. So whenever that gets decided, what happens? We'll talk about it. it hopefully, because I'm interested. I'm interested to see what happens with this. Yeah, the financial stuff is is interesting. Like maybe Gary Bettman will say, "Oh well, it wasn't that big of a deal. They were just eyeballing, and they were First straddling the line. They shouldn't probably have done that. They've been warned not to do it in the future. We hit them with a hundred thousand dollar fine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which has gone to charity. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have purchased an AHL franchise membership. So they want to bring an AHL team to Vegas, to which have makes a, sense to have a farm team close, like lots of teams do. Like all the California yeah. teams have California. I think AHL they use the Chicago Wolves as their uh, farm team at the moment, which really doesn't make sense because why aren't the Chicago Blackhawks using the Chicago Wolves? I think the Chicago Blackhawks use the Rockford Ice Hogs or something or whatever I don't it know. is. Like. Isn't that strange? Yeah. You would think you'd want your team close. Yeah. But maybe if your team, maybe you have like a, like maybe you just have one of those teams that's been really good forever and they're not nearby, but they're just managed so well that that's the team we want to have. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Some teams like the, like the, the Toronto Marlies. Yeah. The like Laval Rocket. This, they're getting like they're buying a team if it gets approved. Like this is all pending approval. Yeah. But then they get to relocate that team to Vegas yeah. or um, Henderson. And I think it's going to be the San Antonio. Whatchamacallers. Right. That they're oh, that they bought. I don't know. As I don't know. It didn't say. Yeah. I thought I read that it was a San, San Antonio. OK. Bowls or whatever I do know that, that the new team name and the logos and stuff. They're all they can't say anything about that. until right. The approval gets put through. Yeah. Um, so, um, the current, um, president of hockey ops, George McPhee for Vegas, he oversaw the, um, affiliate team when he was in, um, Washington, which was the Hershey bears. Right. And when he was overseeing them, they won three Calder cups. Um, so pretty good. Heck yeah. Um, and then Kelly McCrimmon, which is the GM right now of he, his family owns, um, the Branton wing wheat King since 2011 in Ontario. 2001 or 2001. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got two guys that are basically running that hockey team that have quite a bit of experience yeah, with hockey knowledge. teams. Yeah. So, probably a good move by Vegas, I would say. I mean, because you have the NFL team coming there, right? Yeah. I don't know when that's coming. Next year. Is it, is it next year? Mm-hmm. 
Three so years. you have a city that basically had no sports yeah. to now having an NHL team, soon to be NFL team, and an AHL team, which is the second highest tier of hockey in yeah. North America. And they didn't really have any hockey before. And they did, yeah. I mean, they had, I think they had an ECHL team 20 yeah. years ago or whatever. But yeah. this is this is big news. For like Vegas is becoming a sports city, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, and it's good that the NHL get in there first too. I think the NFL team, like there's a lot of Raiders fans. Oh yeah, um, this is this is big news. And that that AHL team, if it does go to Vegas, which obviously it looks like it will, it's going to be packed mm-hmm. probably every game. Well, that's what they said. They said from a fan standpoint, um, all of their budding prospects are going to be readily available for you just to go in and see. Like, want to yeah. see what's coming down the pipe? And I think I read, I didn't write this in my notes, but I read that 87 percent of players in the league played at least one game in the HL that are in the HL right now. That makes sense. It does. You have the exceptions. It is the biggest feeder league for the NHL. Connor McDavid is obviously an exception. Yeah. Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Um, so on to the next topic. This is interesting. I'm wearing a St. Louis blues Jersey. Heck yeah. Um, Chris Pronger's number 44 is going to be retired next year. What do you think of that? I don't think he's old enough to have his never retired. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but he's... You don't think enough time has passed? I don't think enough time has passed. It's been 10 years, 15 years, something like that. I don't know. It hasn't been... Because he... I think it's been 10 years. Yeah. Um. And then he was involved in... Or maybe is still involved with player development or not. Uh, something to do with the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's involved in something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is. I don't know if it's player safety or if it's... If it's what, but he's super involved. Um, so did you hear how he found out? No. So I have that in my next point. So he was at a Hall of Fame season ticket holder event. So I was like, what does that mean? Like, is mm. there Hall of Famers there? So I looked it up. The Hall of Fame season ticket holder event in St. Louis is for people who have had their season tickets for at least 30 years. Oh, wow. So these are like long-term investors. Yeah. They're not investors, but they are Lo- spending a lot loyal of money. Fans yeah, a lot of loyal businesses fans. And so yeah. that, a lot of perks for being in that yeah hall of fame can you imagine like 30 yeah. years is a long time 30 years long time that's that's money right like, that's you're going back to 1990 you're not buying one ticket you're buying two at least oh yeah no one buys one so, ticket I mean, you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> probably hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars times years. Yeah. times 30 so yeah it's, you, it's a huge 100 percent in the hundreds of thousands of dollars so yeah. these are your big guys so you anyway he was up there with al mcginnis and al mcginnis kind of surprised him yeah and he was just like oh did he really yep nice they said on behalf of the st louis Blues organization. Uh, we want to let you know the next season your number will be retired to the rafters. And he stood up and shook his hand. He was pumped. I, I'm happy for Chris Pronger. I like him. I hate our obsession with retiring numbers. Yeah. A lot of people don't like it, period. If we go in this rate in 25 years or 30 years, half of the numbers on every team is going to be like you're not going to be able to wear them. Let's open up 100 to 999. No, that's silly. It's <laughs> <laughs> extremely stupid. That's silly. Uh, I just. You know what we could do? We can get rid of numbers and just have their names going down their sleeves. Our, t- our camera technology has improved what to the mean? point. And we've got advanced player tracking. We don't even need names and numbers on jerseys anymore. We know who people are because they got a freaking thing sewed into their shirt. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I no, just, I I'm know. with you. I think for the very rare, exceptional player. Gretzky, Crosby, eventually. Ovechkin, yes. Um... Bobby Orr, yes, like the the exceptional, I mean, exceptional players, the best of the absolute best. Yeah, I'm fine with retiring their number. If you want to put a banner of Chris Pronger in his number in the rafters and hang it there, I'm all for that. Yeah, like just because you make the Hockey Hall of Fame does not mean you deserve to have your. <laughs> Did I say something funny again? Yeah, he said Hulky. <laughs> the Hulky man, I am, Hall of Fame. I am struggling today, folks. <laughs> May have something to do with the fact that I stayed till three thirty last night yeah. watching that UFC fight, and then coming home. Anyways. So, just because you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame does not mean you have your jersey retired. Like I, I, everyone that's in the Hall of Fame is a great player, but doesn't mean they're great enough to have their jersey retired. Like it's status. Like if you have, if you're, if the team does a ceremony for you or something to honor your career. That's a status. If you get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, that's a status. I think the highest status is having your number retired. I mean, it's there forever. Like, that's huge. That that goes beyond... Is that league-wide? No, it's just for the Just St. Louis, okay. I was going to say. If it was league-wide, no, it wouldn't oh, be league-wide. I'm pretty sure there's only one of those, and that's yeah. Gretzky. Okay. Um, what do you do if you're a team that hasn't really had that many great players on it, but you want to recognize them? Do you retire like Arizona? A like, do you retire a player that 
was good for your team, but relative to what other players' performance on other teams are, it's not there. But you don't have a whole lot for yourself, and you want to try start recognizing some of your own. So Shane Doan. That's that's what that's, that's, as soon as you said Arizona, that's who I thought too. Like, Arizona is Arizona is Shane Doan good enough to have his jersey retired? I mean, overall, no. For Arizona, maybe. Probably for Arizona. Will Malkin, Evgeny Malkin, will he have his jersey retired for Pittsburgh? I don't think so. Is he a better player than Shane Doan? Yes. Who is more likely to have their jersey retired? Yes, you're Shane right. Shane Doan. You're right. <laughs> it's, I don't know. But Pittsburgh has the history of excellence there. <laughs> they do. Right? They like do. They've got Lemieux. They've got Yager. They're going to have yep. Crosby. Look, there's no way Crosby, Crosby's numbers does not get retired. It's. I think it'll be a league-wide. I don't uh, think it'll be league-wide. I, I think him and Ovechkin will be league-wide. I don't. I don't think they're down with the league wides anymore. Man, you got to do it. Whenever Vetchkin passes Gretzky in goals. Okay, if Vetchkin passes Gretzky in goals. You're, you're okay with it then? Maybe. It depends how it goes down. What do you mean? It depends how it goes down. Like, what kind of character is he? Because Ovechkin was hated when he came into the league. And it's only until recently they wanted them to win the cup. I I, I love Ovechkin. Yeah, now you do, but I don't think I always, you Oh, really? heck yeah, because when he, this goes way back. Just because he was physical and stuff? Justin and I were... Um, going to college together at the time, and he was already following Crosby's career, mm-hmm. like for, for, through uh, Ramuski and all that stuff. And when he got drafted by Pittsburgh, uh, and Justin already liked Pittsburgh because of Lemieux and stuff back in the day, but he was all in on Crosby. I'm like, I don't really want to be in on Crosby if he's in on Crosby. So you just went with Ovechkin. Cause... I'm going to go for Ovechkin. <laughs> so I started cheering and following Ovechkin since then, basically. Yeah, and. I, I remember a lot of funny interviews when he could barely speak a word of English and you could just tell just from a smile that he was a character. And I just don't understand, like, have you seen him drunk at some of the All-Star games and stuff doing some foolish, yeah. like, a couple of years ago? He's just a character and I, I like that, so. I have an interesting Ovechkin Ouch. fact for you. You are friend Mitch? Yeah, yeah. Who lost half his foot? Yeah. His mom had dealings with Alexander Ovechkin. Did you hear about this? Like, sexual dealings? No, no. Oh. So his mom works, or I don't know where she works exactly. She works at some sort of store that sells furniture. Mitch, he apologizes. Sorry, Mitch. That was inappropriate. And I don't remember the exact number, but I know that he went to her to buy a bunch of furniture and he paid like a whole whack of money. Oh, really? Like he went in and made this significant purchase, like tens of thousands of dollars. And he thought that was pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So can you imagine if, I don't know. Jake Allen came in. I mean, uh, Jake Allen's not on the same level of, of Ovechkin, but Jake Allen's from Fredericton. So if you ran into him at your job somehow, he's just like, like hey, what's up? <laughs> I'd be like, hey, cool. And then I'd t- come down on the podcast and talk about it. And everyone would be like, okay, hey, that's freaking dumb. You guys are stupid. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> that's awkward. <laughs> all right. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about Chris Pronger's. Right, Chris Pronger. So I think that's all really I have to say about that. I mean, and it's a nice gesture from St. Louis. It'll be the eighth player to have his name retired by the Blues. It's it's a really nice gesture. I have absolutely no problem with recognizing Chris Pronger's per- career. I think he's a really good player. He deserves to be recognized. My problem has absolutely nothing to do with Chris Pronger. It's the retirement of the jersey in general by any team of any player. Mm-hmm. That's where I'll end that. Okay. So let's get into this Dustin Bufflin situation. We haven't actually talked about it on the podcast. I don't know if you've talked about it on the channel. I don't think you have, have Not you? really. I've been kind of just waiting for it to be over. So I'm going to start with the recap because I have a recap halfway down my notes. So... He was suspended by the team um, for not appearing to training camp, mm-hmm. um, I think, which is what started this. this whole thing. And players were kind of upset because, number one, they lost a big guy on the on the blue line. And number two, that was $7.6 million in cap space they were also missing. Absolutely. Which is huge. That's significant. So that's a, it's a, it hurt their team for him to not report. Yes. So um, in November... The NHLPA filed a grievance against the Jets on behalf of him to get the money back because he said he had to undergo um, surgery. Yeah, ankle surgery or something. Yeah, for high ankle sprain. Yeah. So the Jets said, no, in your 2018-2019 season-ending physical, he never indicated that he was dealing with an ankle injury. Mm. And during the summer, he made it clear to the ownership group that he was ready to retire. Mm. So they're saying, well, where is this coming from? Like... You were fine, and you told us you wanted to retire, and now you're saying, oh, wait a minute, I had an injury, and you're suspending me because I couldn't play because I had to have this surgery. Yeah. 
So that's created awkwardness everywhere in Winnipeg. Totally. Um, so um, Elliot, I want to read something that Elliot Friedman said because I thought it was interesting. Um, he said, one of the key points is the league and the union um, are needing to agree on language about the grievance. So that's what's happening right now. It's it's both sides are dealing with the NHL and the NHLPA are trying to figure out how to handle this. And here's why I wanted to read this. So there's a low confidence level at this time that um, Dustin Buffin will win his grievance. And in order for things to work out, they're going to have to agree that this outcome cannot be used as precedent for future grievances. So the NHLPA is saying, hey, wait a minute, we filed this grievance. It looks like you're going to lose. We don't want this to be precedent sending so that anytime a situation like this happens again, it's automatic right. dealt with, right? Like we can't file an arbitration or a grievance because there's precedent saying, no, back here, this happened. So, so if something can't. similar happens in the future, they can't... that. They can't try to the make a case, case out of it. It's just automatically, nope, precedent was already set. They can't this reference this case at all. That's right. Okay. So that's what they're trying to work out. And apparently happened before with Mike Richards when he settled with the Kings. Both sides agreed it shouldn't affect future litigation. Okay. So um, this whole time, people have been trying to get an, uh, some comments out of Blake Wheeler, the captain. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't bit. But he shouldn't have, he, really. he has now this weekend. He actually did a 10-minute interview where he was like full of things to say. Oh, snap. So I won't get into all of it. Um, I think the Washington, not the Washington, the Winnipeg Free Press has a big article on it. I think they're the one who did the interview. So okay. if you want to look into it, just go check it up online. So Bleak, but I'll just summarize a little bit of what he said. He said he's gone through the entire range of emotions. And he says if, if Bufflin's heart's not in it anymore, then he doesn't owe anyone anything. Like if you're not feeling it, if you're ready to retire, yeah. that's your choice. But if, he, if he's going to come back and play for a different team next year. Which is possible. That's not cool. That's not cool. Um, Bufflin and Wheeler are like super, super close. Mm-hmm. His wife or their wives are best friends. Oh, really? And their children are like basically best friends. I did not know that. Super close. I didn't know Dustin Bufflin was married and had kids. Yeah, I didn't either actually. Um, so he said, the love and respect I have for him is kind of overriding the other emotions right now. After kind of going through all the range of emotions this season, um, you don't know what you have until it's gone. So he says he misses them. Yeah. So he's playing he's playing the right public note. As the captain, mm-hmm. for but sure. But he also says he has been frustrated because... What's well, a dark cloud? It has affected team. the Jets' season. Absolutely. Like, and one of your best players is... It, yeah, you're losing the cap space. So you can't even go in and fill in a position for him. Exactly. Get another player to replace him. And at that amount, I mean, that's a TJ Oshie. That's a Braden point. And I mean, that's, this was a marquee player. Like This was one. This was your main defenseman. It's a Stanley Cup winning player. Yeah. Like... He's yeah. a crucial player. Yeah, from Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is... No. A- so, that's kind of the update. So, that's still being dealt with. So, it sounds like he's going to be released in the coming weeks or month or whatever. Mm. And um, there's a lot of discussion that other teams are going to maybe look be looking into him. So, he's clearly out of shape. He hasn't been skating or working out or anything. So, right. he's not... He's probably not going to play this season. But a lot of people are speculating that he's going to listen to offers for next season and if he can get like a connection to one of his old teams or his old coaches or old managers, that he might think about it. Well, based on your next topic, there's there's a nice segue because rumors are that Montreal's interested. Really? Yeah. All right. So let's jump I in. I saw that report by two different outlets. So, I mean, they've got money to spend. They do have money to spend. Um, but yeah, let's segue into uh, Montreal Canadiens gaining ground. Montreal Canadiens are gaining ground. How do you feel about this? I'm actually okay with it because they play Boston. Next, I believe Tuesday night, maybe. I'm okay with it. Morning. Why are you okay with it? Because you want to see Toronto miss the playoffs. I'm just tired of the Montreal Boston matchup. What do you mean? Like the rivalry? First round. I want something different. The Montreal Boston. Oh, sorry. Oh, (laughs) I gotta get some sleep. The Boston Toronto Boston matchup. Yeah, I I agree. I suspect that Tampa will pass Boston in the standings. I. 100% 100% think that's going to happen. So it's very likely that Toronto could play Boston. Even though Boston Tuca is play, playing really good yes, right now. Or Boston could play Florida or Boston could play Montreal. So Toronto and Florida just keep, keep they're just one up in each other all the time. So this one's in, one's out, one's in, one's out, one's yeah. in, one's out. Um, Toronto lost in overtime to Montreal last night. That was a huge game. Yeah. And they had the lead until late in the third. And Kovalchuk... Okay, the third period, Toronto only had one shot on net, and mm-hmm. they got a goal. I think after the two periods, uh, Toronto was had twenty shots to eleven or something. Like Montreal was not like you are fi- you are fighting to maintain 
your playoff position or to get into it and you get one shot on yeah. net like they took more shots they just didn't hit the net but yeah. one shot on net in a period not good enough even though they scored on that one shot <laughs> so once again Kovalchuk is the hero yeah he's he scored off a rebound in in overtime yeah it's just, it's just amazing what he's doing for the Montreal Canadiens he's proving that he can still skate and he skate looks with young, young kids. man he does like look when young. he scored that goal and he like started like looking to the crowd i was like yeah. this dude looks like he's 25 years old he like, loves montreal yeah, he like he loves montreal yeah. there's a video video posted of him uh playing outdoor hockey with his kids with his kids just schooling his kids too. just schooling yeah like, like he, no mercy puck through the legs yeah. lifting their sticks going around and just a smile on his face he just loved every second of it now he he owns a house in la or beverly hills or something don't know he just purchased it this year or i guess technically last year now but I think his wife probably wants to live there. I don't know how much his wife wants to live in Montreal, <laughs> but it's very apparent that Kovalchuk wants to be in Montreal and loves it there. And I think the feelings are mutual. And he is the biggest reason that Montreal, since their eight-game losing streak, is 9-3-0 and zero and only five points behind Toronto. For the That's playoffs. nuts. Do you know what the second biggest reason is? Carey Price, Carey Price is friggin' rebounded big time. Yeah. 934 through January, 946 through February. It makes, since that eight game losing streak. It, it makes me angry because I don't know how he can play so crap one month. Kovalchuk has energized the entire team. He has, really. He it's has. Like, man, this guy's pro. Let's do it. <laughs> let's like, do boys, it. Let's go. I would be more scared of a team, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Montreal fan, but I would be more scared of a team who plays so well, gets into the playoffs, versus a team that's played better than average and has been in a playoff picture the entire season because if you look at the la kings that snuck in in eighth won the mm -hmm. cup you look yep. at the nashville predators who snuck who got in and swept chicago and went to the finals mm -hmm. you look at columbus last year who's, who took out tampa, tampa. Like some of these teams who go on these late runs like the st louis blues mm -hmm. they're I'm, going in fighting and they're they yeah. maintain that pace that they needed to get exactly. into the playoffs they're in that pace they're already used to the pace yeah they're used to the challenge they're used to f fighting for in every single game Man, I'm scared of those teams. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I'm scared of the Montreal Canadiens if they make the playoffs. There's a very high chance that if they do make the playoffs, they're going to go in the first round, which I'm okay with. But it's you can't say that for sure, though. I can't say that for sure. Carey Price stands on his head and Kovalchuk keeps doing what he's doing and the team rallies around that? I think, I, I, as, as I predicted Boston to win the Cup this year. You're crazy. If, <laughs> if Boston ends up playing Montreal in the first round, I genuinely think that Montreal could defeat Oh, hundred percent. That's the that's the matchup that scares me the most is Montreal. In the second round, if Montreal plays Tampa, Montreal is really good at playing the matchup game. I actually think that Montreal could potentially beat Tampa. I don't think Montreal can beat Washington. Boston could not beat Washington. I, I just it's Washington not, it's is not the happen. matchup that scares me a hundred percent the most. Yeah, I don't want to play Washington. If I'm a fan of any team, I don't yeah. want to play Washington. Yeah. So. Okay, the last thing I have before we get onto your things is I got a couple. I was watching the highlights yesterday, and there are two really bad refing calls I want to just throw a quick shout out to. Oh, they're bad. So the first one was in Columbus and Colorado, and Randon gets a penalty for hooking Wrensky. And you need to look this up, people, like because it's unbelievable. You really do need to look this up. So Wrensky's got the puck. He's skating kind of in his own blue line, backing up. And Ranton comes up and kind of just takes his stick in his hand and just swipes like around him and hits the puck free into the corner and then skates around Wrensky and starts going for the puck and he touches the puck and the whistle gets blown and he gets a penalty for hooking. There's no hooking in there at all. He literally swipes his hand on the or stick on the ice. Yeah. Hits either hits Wrensky's stick, which causes the puck to go back, or he hits the puck back, and then he just goes around him and goes and gets a puck and he gets a penalty. <laughs> it's so bad. Even the announcers are like, wait a minute, there's no penalty there. Yeah, they they were like uh, wait, what? Like they, I think that's verbatim. I think that one of them actually said, "Wait, what?" Uh, that doesn't look like a hook to me. But and the second one was uh, Sean Gatorier, um Is he's kind of along that red line that connects the goalie crease all the way across, and he's looking at two people in the corner battling, and then Ovechkin just comes up from behind him, like probably at like a fifty degree angle, yeah. and hits him, and he goes into the boards and falls down, and he gets called for <laughs> embellishment. If you think about all the actual embellishment things that we see in the game every now and then that don't get called, and then they call that. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. number one, Couturier didn't have the puck. And number two, he had his back to the player that hit him. He didn't yeah. even know he was coming. <laughs> he didn't know he was coming. So, like, I don't think Ovechkin necessarily should have got a penalty on that play either. 
but that was not embellishment. Like that no. just. So anyway, last night, a couple bad refing calls. I'm going to call him when I see him. Did you notice that from the highlights or did you notice that because uh, they mentioned it? It was mentioned oh. other places too. Yeah, yeah, I figured so. Cause that's how bad they are. Yeah. The, the people were talking, people are talking about, about them. Yeah. yeah. They were saying there was a couple bad refing calls tonight. And I was like, okay, let me see if I can find them. And those were the two that I found right away. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I guess that's all you have, eh? Yep. Uh, I just want to have a couple things in my notes. The mandatory equipment change, which is a possibility for the NHL in the near future. Do you hear about this? No. So Ilya um, Mikhaev had his wrist sliced by Jesper Fast earlier this year, or sorry, Jesper Bratz uh, skate earlier this year, uh, two days after Christmas. And there's been some other wrist cuts. And I remember, I think it was Donald Odette back in the early 2000s got his wrist cut in a Montreal Canadiens game and there's blood everywhere. So there's talk of wrist guards being mandatory equipment in the NHL. I don't think the players will like this at all. It's kind of like the helmets, how you can't lift up your helmet like this. Like Leo Komarov, mm -hmm. sometimes he plays with his helmet up. You can't do that. You have to have it down, and the refs are constantly telling him. Uh, goalies have to wear neck protectors, I believe, or something like that. Um, there's some other mandatory things, obviously, that players have to have to use. I don't think that the players are going to want to have mandatory wrist guards on. Like, Think about all the motion that you're going to use in your wrists. I wonder how thin they can be to not let a skate go through them. I don't. I just don't think there's enough skate to risk wrist uh, mm. injuries to warrant a mandatory wrist guard. It's so rare. Like, I, it sucks when it happens. Obviously, it's super dangerous. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Elvis Rislikens. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm wearing this jersey, the Columbus Blue Jackets jersey, for you audio listeners, uh, he is tied for save percentage with Tuukka Rask. At number one in the NHL, he leads in shutouts with five. He is the second rookie goaltender in NHL history to get five shutouts in an eight-game win streak, which is amazing. And Columbus is now third in the Metro. Columbus is third in the Metro, passing the Islanders, forcing them to a wildcard position. This is a team who got rid of Bobrovsky, who got rid of Duchesne, who got rid of Panarin, who's on this jersey. Like last year, they went all in knowing that this year they were going to be terrible. Absolutely. So they get rid of all these, they get rid of their best players. And you have some injuries with Anderson, some other people on the team. I think maybe, is it Dubinsky that's hurt too? It doesn't matter. This is a team that is not supposed to be in this position based on lineup, based on paper. It's this kind team, of Vegas-ish Vegas -ish of them. It kind of is. And I think it reminds me of the Islanders a little bit from last year. Mm -hmm. It's a team with not a lot of superstars on it, but it's a team that's coached incredibly well. I think you have to give so much credit to, to John Tortorella for the fact that they're on third in the Metro with 30-some games or whatever it is left or 25 games left in the, in the season and you're third in the Metro, and you're playing incredible, and you have this young rookie goaltender, I mean, you can't really give credit to John, John Tortorella for I was going to say, I don't think we've ever, in the history of this channel, <laughs> given props to John Tortorella. Other than last year, no. Like, we've talked about him. He's done a lot of crazy things that we, all, that we like. Wherever he goes, he wins. Yep. Maybe other than Vancouver, but mm -hmm. it... you got to have players, too. You have to have players, too. But no. It's, it's just, it's really incredible what Columbus is doing. I'm. They're buying what he's selling. I'm really happy. I'm not a huge Columbus fan. I don't probably will never never be a, a huge Columbus fan, but I am an underdog fan, and mm -hmm. I believe the Columbus Blue Jackets are a huge underdog. And I always cheer for underdogs. I'd really like to see them go far, do some damage, because I think their fans deserve it. And it's good for hockey to have an un. Not that Columbus is an untypical hockey market, but they're a team that doesn't have a history of success. They won their first playoff series last year, so this is a team that they have a lot of fans mm -hmm. it's packed yep like on a regular basis but I, I still think there's there's so much opportunity to grow of for growth for the team mm. that like this is awesome it's really good for hockey in general so shout out to Elvis for Le Merceleekins and shout out to John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets I am loving what's going on in Columbus right mm. now like like you said five Shutouts in eight in an eight game. Five shutouts in eight games. As a rookie, and it hasn't been done since 1938, <laughs> which is basically like that's not like even, that's, not that's, even, that's so far away that that that's multiple eras away that it's it's a different game. It's so insignificant. It's a different game yeah. they were playing back then. So super impressive. Yeah, like and this, super and today's, impressive. 
Because back then you're playing five other teams. If this, if he, like, obviously I don't expect him to keep this pace up because that's ridiculous. But if he keeps playing well, he's going to be a household name for hockey fans. Really? And his first name's Elvis. His first name's Elvis. That's incredible. And think of like the memes and the things that will come out about him. Oh, awesome. It will be, it will be great. But I mean, in the opposite sense, Elvis has left a building. Like the op- the opposing fans could probably use that saying <laughs> yeah. for, for some memes just saying. Uh, moving on, there was a suspension just announced recently mm-hmm. um, against Jeremy Lozon. Lozon. Boston, yeah. I'm not familiar with that name, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, suspended two games for hitting Derek Steppen. Yep. Um, extremely similar, if not almost identical to the hit in the EIHL that happened earlier this week and i made a video about that hit if you have not seen that video i'd love it if you could, if you could go check it out and I actually show the hit in question and there's so many similarities between these two hits they're almost identical now in the nhl as i just said he was suspended two games for this incident in the eihl there has been no suspension and in fact to my knowledge there has been no even acknowledgement by the eihl department of player safety on their or the hit that happened in that league and which which is unacceptable to the fans they mm-hmm. have they're 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 outraged mm-hmm. on twitter on social media um they're just they're tired sick and tired of the inconsistencies of the department of player safety what do you think about that uh, a league that's i mean no offense eihl but you're pretty low on the totem pole when it comes to north american fans most north american fans probably don't even know what the eihl is because we're so bombarded, so bombarded with NHL here. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that a play like that in a league that's fairly insignificant? Do you think it really is worth talking about? I mean, I think yeah, I do. I think so too. Because number one, the fact that they have a Department of Player Safety who actually makes videos like the NHL do on their infractions and is communicative is, I think, huge. Yeah, like as soon as. You told me about the story. I thought about Dan, who wrote that email into us that said, "Yeah, over there they have after the game is over, the the refs do a quick video with uh, just like a reporter or someone. They ask a couple of questions, and then that video gets posted online. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of where that would be great there because hey, why wasn't that exactly looked at? And it's amazing timing that um, Jeremy Lozon was suspended." two games by the NHL for almost the identical hit. And nothing has been done in the EIHL. The EIHL, who is in a lesser league, no offense, than the NHL, should look to the NHL as an example. Look at the hit that just happened and say, okay, well, if the NHL sees this as a suspension, why don't we? It's probably too late for them to do anything now. I I don't know, because they're on a break. Because I think I think the EIHL is on a break because there's the CHL. That's I think they the, would that would make them look bad to them. That, that's how they would view it. They would look bad to themselves. They would by look, waiting this long to actually do something. But they'll it. look worse not doing just doing nothing. I know, I, Same yeah, as the NHL. I would say nothing's going to happen. Maybe going forward, maybe, but on this, this particular hit, no, I think it's done. You're, you're probably right. right. It's the same hit. It's anyways something to discuss a little bit. Um, yeah. Shout out to all the EIHL fans out there who are listening. If you are listening, I appreciate you. We definitely have some in our Discord for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Shout out to Discord. Shout out to Discord. Links in the description. <laughs> um, Claude Giroux hits 800 points. He's mm. the third player to do so from the 2006 draft. Very, I say very quietly put up 800 points. Everyone knows that Claude Giroux is a very good player. Yeah. I think overall, if you're not following that team, Claude Giroux has been pretty quiet this year overall, I think. He's, he's a little streaky. There's been years where he's had. Do you remember yeah, when um, points? I think. And what was the name of uh, Laviolette? Remember when Laviolette was the coach? Yeah, and yeah. He said that he thought Drew was better than Crosby. Yeah, I do remember that. And like back then, there was like actually debates happening of, oh, do you think he's right? Maybe he is. Maybe not. Like, and that's a pretty bold thing because the the uh, rivalry between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh oh, is yeah. huge. So Mega to say huge. something like that is very bold. Fan the flames. Yeah, fan the flames. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, congratulations to Claude Drew. That's a pretty big milestone. He'll hit a thousand for sure. Um, did you hear about the USA versus Canada game in Anaheim? The women's game? Yeah, I did. So, do you Thir- hear the attendance? Thirteen thousand and change. Thirteen thousand three hundred twenty. Heck yeah, I did. More than the Florida Panthers' average attendance. That's impressive. <laughs> Setting a record for women's hockey in the United impressive. States. Impressive. So I mean, right on women's hockey. Right on women's hockey. There's a market there. Right on fans for women's hockey uh, in Anaheim. Yep. This isn't 
Buffalo. This isn't or Canada. Boston yep. or Toronto or Montreal. Right. This is Anaheim. Yep. And that's not. I'm not trying to make fun of Anaheim for not <laughs> no. being a hockey market. Obviously, the the Ducks are there, but I'm just saying I can't imagine a lot of for women's hockey. For it's, women's it's hockey, a different in, level. In, you're, in you're right. California. I. Yeah. Anyway, super impressive. Shout out to all the fans in California who went there. You guys are awesome. Eugene Milnick is frothing at the mouth wanting those numbers. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, just uh, one last quick note on two players, Chris Kreider and uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Contract negotiations have started for Chris Kreider and the New York Rangers, which is big news because if you look at the trade deadline coming up and the potential people being traded, Chris Kreider and Jean-Gabriel Pajot are number one, number two on that list of potential people. So the fact that Chris Kreider is actually, or maybe his agent is discussing with the Rangers contract negotiations leads me to believe that maybe he won't be traded, but we'll see where that goes. And apparently contract negotiations have not started yet between Pajot and Senators. So he's still kind of in play here. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that he'll be traded, but isn't it strange that the Ottawa Senators just keep trading? They just keep trading people away. Everybody. Like everybody. Carlson, potentially Peugeot, mm-hmm. uh, Duchesne, Stone, Stone, like, like that. Do you want to? Do you? If you had all those players, you might have a little bit of a team right there. Do you want to win? Like, what, what are you doing? See, I think Ottawa. They have. I think Ottawa is kind of doing it right though. Like finally, I think they I are too, going actually. to have a lot of young, really good. Like I think in a couple years, I think Ottawa is going to be looking pretty decent. Yeah, in about five years. Ottawa could be deadly. You got Shabbat, Kachuk, yeah. and some other players coming up, and, and lots of trades. young players coming. Yeah. Yep. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a pretty deadly team. Probably yeah, they had to hit rock, rock bottom to get here, but the rock bottom's just taking a little bit longer. Yeah, hopefully in a few more years, it'll be a little more exciting out there. Yeah, that's all I got, man. That's all I got too. So just a reminder: if you're on YouTube, this is the last podcast that's going to be on this channel. You have to go subscribe or go follow the other one. Um, I'm sure you'll have a final video like that's the last video upload to the channel that says hey go here for this go here for that yeah at the end of the month we'll make a video uh, so if you that. listen on audio like through like iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify it's all good don't change anything we'll keep releasing them here and if you're on YouTube like I said just you'll have to find the new channel click on that and look forward in the next couple of weeks when we make the move for all the other videos over to the other channel and rebrand that channel And yeah it's exciting and, uh, it's a big change. It kind of sucks, but it is what it is. We're we're still gonna work on our set here. We need to put the shelves back up. Back we need up. To do some repair work properly. To... There's gonna be an addition here, which yeah, we'll leave that as a surprise maybe. Yeah, and uh, some lighting changes as well a little bit. So definitely some work in progress. We got some work to do, and we're gonna get the plaque made. I think uh, yeah for the table, this week yeah. or next week for yeah. the table. The people contributed. So yeah. that's coming up as well. So yeah, guys, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Jason, for. For, yep. for doing this podcast again and coming up with all the notes. It was some good discussions, I think. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you were not subscribed to this channel, you can subscribe. But more importantly, you can subscribe to the new channel that's linked in the, the page, as Jason just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. And make sure you subscribe to the second channel, too, which will be renamed shortly. Uh, for all you audio listeners, you guys are awesome. Just a little hint out there if you're maybe listening for the first time. No hints. You should just, I'm just saying, you should probably listen to the audio version of episode 100. (laughs) That's all you need to know. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you're having an awesome day watching hockey, and we'll catch you in the next podcast at the end of this month. Adios.